welcome to the Change Makers Podcast, where we chat with interesting and engaging individuals here and far about change, making change, living change in their own lives, how they've experienced unimaginable change, and innovative ways people uplift the lives of others. We chat about triumphs over tragedies, mindset matters, and how we live out our life's purpose inspirationally. So please join us to be inspired and empowered to be the change you want to see in this world. You know, we can all be change makers in our lives. Here's to the change you're about to bring forth. everyone. I'm so excited to uh, join you for another episode of our Changemakers podcast. Now we're moving into the video world and I could not be more excited um, to be joined today by Nikki Gangemi. Is that correct? Gangemi. Gangemi. Well, very close. (laughs) Gangemi, who is going, we're going to have an amazing conversation about mindset. Um, the role that it plays, what it is, why we all need to be so diligent on how we uh, monitor and um, uh, honor our mindset and and what that can do and what that can look like into our lives and our businesses. And so welcome today, Nikki. Thank you, Kimberly. Thanks so much for having me. Certainly. So let's just dive right on in. Um, and I want you to share with our listeners a bit about yourself and a few insights into your professional journey. Sure, happy to share. So a little bit about myself. Uh, for the longest time since I could remember, I had the, my big dream was to be an actress. I spent my whole childhood, you know, growing up, pursuing that, and I finally made the big decision. My first leap of faith and act of courage was moving across the country from New Jersey to California at 23 years old to pursue that career. And what drove me was uh, a breakup. I was with this guy for five years, and that just, like, sent me going, you know, like, let's start life all over again. And after about a year, I I gave up on it. And I came back home. um, Because I just I guess I didn't fully believe in myself. And when I came back, I didn't know what to do. Because the only thing I ever wanted to do was act. So my family coming from a family of teachers said, Oh, just be a teacher. It's a great rewarding career and all of that. And I said no, but eventually one day I just said yes. And um, I, for me, it was a settle and I settled into teaching, but I stayed there for 15 years and complained about it, but did it, right? And there came a day where I, I realized that some of the same things that I went through as a kid and I taught in the same district I went through, they were still going on. Kids were still getting bullied and picked on and excluded. And I said, wow, I can't believe that this is still happening and nothing's really being done about it. And I know having gone through that myself, that impacted my life in a huge way. It really held me back, stunted my growth, and I and my self-esteem was mutilated. But I had to do my own work, going through therapy and all kinds of things. And finally, mindfulness, which really taught my brain how to slow down and feel. And so I decided to develop a program and Mindful Matters began as that. It was to teach kids mindfulness and coping skills to deal with their self-image and stress and anxiety. And I came alive again. 
I said, for the first time since I acted, I felt like I was on purpose and I finally had a place in this world. So it ended up, I did a little pivot when I could only take the program as far as I could in, in teaching. I ended up uh, learning about coaching. I had adults coming to me saying that they wanted to learn this too. So I eventually, when I turned 40, that was um, another like pivotal point. And I looked in the mirror and said, what if nothing changes? You know, I, I keep saying that I want something more. When is it, when is the time? And you know, the time is now. So I made the decision to resign and uh, that's just over a year ago. And now I'm fully in my coaching business and I love helping others to do the same, to find that courage, which by the way, is already inside of you. <laughs> and move forward. News alert. News alert. <laughs> a spoiler alert. Um, I, I love that story. I love that story because I can't, I think it can be a lot of our stories, right? I mean, we, we sometimes start out on one path um, and then we move to another path and we fill that out and we may yet still go to another path. Um, and I remember when I went to see Michelle Obama on her book tour a couple of falls, some couple of falls ago, this is 2019, 18, I think, that she said one of the worst questions that she thinks that you can ask a child is what do you want to be when you grow up? As if there's only one thing, mm -hmm. right? So you've got, you're getting in the mindset of the child that there are only, there are not many options. There's like the one thing, exactly. uh, which I, is, I believe is a disservice. And I'm sure people, I mean, they're everyone's well-intentioned, um, but I'm, I'm curious to understand um, about your pivot point, which came at mid-career. Um, and I, would you please give us a glimpse of the feeling of taking a risk to step outside of the certainty and stability of a paycheck and how you summons the courage for this bold change making. Yes, definitely. So I was think doing a lot of thinking, right? Uh, just being reflective by nature. Uh, I'm a big journaler. I've been journaling for since I can remember. And I remember all of a sudden having this epiphany that I followed the rules. I've been a rule follower my entire life. And I did, I followed the stability and certainty model that I was taught, right? Wanting to act, but told you can't major in theater, that's not stable. Major in something that you could, you know, make money at. And so I, but with that stability and certainty was supposed to come the husband and kids and the white picket fence. At least that's what I was told. But yet somehow that part never worked out for me. That was always a theme in my life that I struggled with. And so looking in the mirror at 40, I said, where's my husband and kids? Uh, maybe I need to do things my way and live life on my terms. And all of a sudden, I realized I felt suffocated. That's that, that stability and certainty was more stifling for me. So I realized that my values changed. And all of a sudden, at this next chapter of my life, I valued authenticity and freedom. That was up there. So it only made sense to resign, even though it was scary, because for a while I was saying, well, when I find the guy, when I get married, then I'll be able to follow my dream. And then I realized, no, what if I started questioning, 
what if I can do it right now? Even though I have a mortgage and by myself, even though it doesn't make sense on paper. And I will tell you, Kimberly, that when I was making the decision before putting in the actual resignation letter, I felt a mix of excitement and a little bit of fear, but inside I felt this amazing sense of calm. Mm. And in that moment, I knew I'm going to be okay because I really follow how I feel. That's how I make my decisions. Yes. Oh gosh, that's amazing. There's so much I could ask about that. Um, I'm a big follower of Abraham Hicks. Yes, me too. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's an unending uh, reservoir of resources, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Abraham says constantly, and it just, when you said what you just said, reminded me about how <clears throat> the universe, you know, the, the source of all that is, um, listens to how we feel, not what we say. So, you know, when, you know, when we follow a particular path, you know, we get our education, we come out into the job market, um, you know, we, and we, we make choices, you know, for every choice, there's a consequence and there's the unfolding of the path of those choices. Um, And sometimes they're all great, you know, rarely are they all great all at the same time, you know, it's not linear in, in any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I find, and I'm sure you have as well, and I was, I lived this for a number of years, is that as a female, as a woman, you know, we are born and conditioned to follow the rules. Mm. That's a scientific fact. That is one of the ways that, you know, society and those of in authority of our lives from the age of zero to seven, um, they impress upon us, particularly as females, to follow the rules. Males, different scenario. Right. Um, but in following the rules, sometimes we're nudged along on our path professionally and in other ways, but professionally to make choices that we really don't align with, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can spend years, decades on a path that was ultimately really not of our choosing. Yes. Right. And at some point it's like you wake up, there's just something for, for the younger women who are listening to this podcast. If you're in your twenties, if you're in your thirties, if you're in your teens, you're thinking, Oh, this doesn't apply to me. This is their experience. Not you mine. Wait, <laughs> just wait. It's coming. It, it, we're all kind of in on the same path, although it's an individual path. Because when you reach the 40s, it's, it's like a knowing comes to you that you've lived maybe half your life and now you know what you know and what fit for you back in your teens or 20s or 30 no longer fits. You know, I mean, in my own life, I had become an expert in my chosen field. I had reached the top rung of my career ladder when I was about, well, I, I self reclaim that around 43 um and you get restless and you know that the path that you're on is not the path that you need to be on from that point forward it may not be the path that you're forever on from that point out but you just know there needs to be a change um and so i call it the great awakening 
you know, because it's, I mean, we're not the same people, hopefully, that we were in our 20s and 30s or teens, definitely. Um, and so I think that we can lie to ourselves, not intentionally, because of all the conditioning as females of don't rock the boat, don't speak up, don't, you know, you got to follow the rules, you know, you're afraid of hurting people's feelings, you're afraid of mistakes, perfection, whatever. And we end up sabotaging ourselves um, because we're telling ourselves lies. Yes, and you, you just said so much. And I want to add one more thing about that pivotal moment, um, which is that I had to give myself permission because being such a rule follower, and not only that, but I received some backlash for saying that I felt like I settled for teaching. Because society says, what a rewarding career. You get to make the difference in the lives of children. And you're almost ostracized to say, but that didn't seem to be a good fit for me. That I made myself conform like I did my entire life. But in doing that, you minimize yourself. And I feel like your soul just dies a little bit. So in that moment too, I remember saying to my sister-in-law that January, uh, five different people I heard either got sick severely like with cancer or died. And it was like back to back to back, including one of the second graders in the school that I was in. And I, and I remember talking, and then, and then a cousin got diagnosed with kidney cancer. And I said, you know, I said to my sister-in-law, if I got his, um, uh, I can't think of the word, if I was told I had cancer, I'd quit my job today and then I would build my business. And she said, no, you wouldn't Nikki, cause you'd be too sick. And in that moment, I said, oh my God, why do I need the permission of a diagnosis? How come I can't just do what I wanna do because I wanna do it and that's enough? And I said, you know what? It is, I've decided, I give myself permission. And that was a big part of it too, with making oh, the decision. That is so powerful for some reason. Um, and there's, again, all this neuroscience studies that support this. But we as women often look externally for permission to live our best lives. And I would just say to our listeners, stop and think. Tomorrow may not come. It may not come. Next year may not come. And the greatest regret in life is not how you've tried and failed. If I don't even believe in failing, but it's learning. And as Oprah says, it's life taking you in a different direction. There is no failing, but it's by not trying and not staying true to who we truly are. And so that can go into a whole nother line of who we surround ourselves with and the level of positivity or not in our lives etc but you know aligning who uh, what our purpose our true purpose is and some people never find their purpose because they don't get still enough to listen long enough yes. to, to listen and hear what life is telling us you know because we all have like esther hicks says or abraham says <coughs> we're two people we have the ex external shell the personality the ego that we present and walk around on this plane, this earth plane. And then we have the soul eternal source, divine source in us. Um, and regardless of whatever your you know, religious persuasion, and this is not religion, 
this is proven, you know, there is a source greater than ourselves that lives inside of us or lives with us and abides with us. And, and what that is, is telling us and directing and, and whispering. Oprah says it whispers to us um, and lets us know we're on the right path or the wrong path. And if we don't listen, it gets louder and louder and louder. And finally, this is, and this is Oprah, it'll knock you upside the head, maybe with the disease, maybe with the disease. It will, it will debilitate you in some way because you've not been listening. Right. Um, and so when we reframe our lives to where we can re-listen and honor ourselves, you know, talking about mindset um, and not feeling compelled and conditioned to follow the rules and what other people think. And I can tell you from having been reared, raised in the South, that was the number one criteria of from my life from zero to 27 was what will other people think? Um, now, I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't wait to get out of the South um, because when I moved to the Northeast, and we're so densely populated and you know no you I, I knew no one really um when i moved here it was such a liberating fact of feeling that i could do and say and be and whatever i wanted because there was no one making that judgment on my life um and so that can be very very empowering to maybe take us into another direction mm, totally um so yeah. There are so many women, <clears throat> and I'm sure you and I know plenty of them, clients, fr friends, family, who have outgrown their present career track, yet experienced so much ambivalence of taking bold action, perhaps to a different, on a, to a different path. Nikki, what would you say to those women? What I would say is to, and I'm a big believer in this too, to, not focus so much on the action, like the steps that you want to take, but instead to be a little more reflective and start to question all of your beliefs because it's our, really our beliefs that dictate the actions that we take, right. Right? right? We're never going to outperform what we believe about ourselves. So that has to change first. If somebody, and somebody did about two years ago, somebody said, well, why don't you just quit? I said, what are you crazy? I've got a mortgage to pay. I'm by myself. That's not something that I can do. That's irresponsible. It, it wasn't until I changed my values and I changed what I believed on the inside that happened first. Then the action was just a no brainer. It was more, it was like organic, like this is the next step. So I would say to take, be willing. And, and this takes courage too, honestly, to take a, a look at yourself and, and where can I take some responsibility, some personal responsibility for the choices that I made in my life. And that's where you really gain your power. Because if, you, if you're pointing the finger, which I did for many years, and that's why I'm talking about this, it's disempowering because then you don't have, you take away your choice when you're blaming. Once you realize, well, okay, what can I be responsible for here? Where can I choose differently? You get this from the inside. You get this feeling of being empowered. And then you, can, you, you will have inspired ideas that you're going to want to be taking action on. So powerful. Yeah, it really so is. It's, it's sometimes challenging to articulate that process 
because it's so personal, but at the same time, it's so universal. It is. It is. And like I said, it's, it's like you mentioned Abraham Hicks, who was always talking about stop bucking the current. And it's like when I feel like when we focus so much on action, it's where you take a few steps forward and then a few steps back and you're muscling through things and it doesn't have to be hard. But that in and of itself is a belief too. That's something I believe growing up my whole life. Life is hard. My grandmother always said, you know, life's a bowl of cherries. Why do I always get the pits? And it's like having that belief that I was dealt a bad hand or this is my lot in life. Right. All of that inner dialogue, that had to change first. Yes. Then the actions will follow. Yes. And do you agree that, uh, I, uh, do you agree that that comes, there's only really one way that that comes and that's by being still. Oh, yes. I say that mindfulness was my ticket out. Growing up, I struggled with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and it was those negative thoughts constantly in my mind, which triggered anxiety. And I didn't want to take medication. I tried it. It just was a choice for me. It didn't feel good. When I was introduced to mindfulness and stilling my mind, meditation, yoga, emotional freedom technique that's where the thoughts started slowing down and i had these we don't know what we don't know right so awareness is really the first step and then like i said willingness to be because some people they will have an awareness and then the walls go up they shut down they're like no nope, i don't want to hear it so that's the second piece being willing to lean into that and that's another powerful thing too for anybody who's listening embrace fear when you're scared, like lean into it a little bit. That's how you get into allowing and what's possible for you on the other side of that. I mean, amazing growth and expansion. And you get, a, you get stronger. Every time you realize that you do something that's scary and you get to the other side and you survive, you're like, wow. And that's how you build your, your strength. It all comes from within. And confidence. And confidence, yes, and happiness. That's another thing. I was on a mission to find happiness, and, and I thought other people had to make me happy, and I wore people out, yeah. right? And I had to learn that, you know, happiness is a skill. It's a skill. We're born happy, and just right. look at baby, right? They're just like so happy. Um, it's a skill that we could develop, but it definitely, I said, it's like taking a vitamin. You take your, your daily dose of mindfulness every day. <laughs> So what does that look like as a practice for you? As a practice for me, when I wake up, I, I do not look to the phone and invite the world in. It's like I go downstairs, I make a cup of coffee, I sit with my journal, and I'll just journal. Maybe it's just some thoughts in my mind. Maybe it's a dream that I had I want to write about. I do a little bit of like a, a meditation. Um, maybe I'll do some tapping. And then... Sometimes I'll go for a walk, like today, I went for a walk in the park, it's a beautiful day, and then I'll check my email. But it's like having that quiet time where it's just for you, and, and it, maybe it's listening to an Abraham Hicks video on YouTube, whatever feeds your soul and makes you feel good. I say make how you feel your top priority, but allow yourself that space each day, because I feel that that just helps you to show up better for your family, for your friends, for your, whoever, you know, you're at work, right? You've got to give from your overflow. Um, absolutely. So <clears throat> more than ever, I've noticed speaking and teaching about mindset 
has become mainstream. Um, and having worked in the professional services field for quite a while, um, even maybe five years ago, I would have never expected to see the bombardment of mindful mindset, mindfulness uh, meditations, uh, mindfulness Mondays into you know law firms, accounting firms, etc. So um, let's talk for a minute about mindset and its role in change making. Um, and I'm curious what this looks like in your wor world and the work that you do. Well, mindset for me is how you choose to see things. It's your perspective. And a, a big part of that is really getting still and quiet enough just to listen to what is that dialogue. Because from the moment you open your eyes until you lay your head on the pillow at night, you always have that internal dialogue and it's always talking. And what you wanna be mindful of is what is the story that you're telling yourself? Because it's the same thing on repeat. Neuroscience says on average, we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. I believe it's about 90% of those thoughts are negative. And out of those negative thoughts, 85% are repetitive, which means we are thinking the same negative thoughts day in and day out. What happens is we get so used to them, we acclimate to, we acclimate to them that we don't even notice. We don't even notice the thoughts. They're just on a mental loop in the background. So we don't notice them. However, your body feels them. And sometimes, like you said earlier, it takes to get the, the migraine or the, the illness that you get diagnosed with. And that's when now you notice it. But what if you could notice it sooner before it manifests physically? And that's why having a practice where you don't even have to add anything to your day. I like to say, because there's people who say, oh, I don't have time to meditate. I can't sit there cross-legged. My, you know, so you don't have to. You could make your regular everyday things you do, taking a shower, Hour, making a cup of coffee, driving in the car, you can make that a moving meditation where you're just using your senses to experience the coffee, the sound that it makes as it brews through the Keurig, the, the warmth of the cup, the heat, the smell, all of that. It's a mindfulness activity that everybody has time to do each day. But the more you do that, the more you bring yourself back to the present where you're playing the role of observer. So instead of judging yourself for, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't think that, get out of judgment and just more be the observer. Like I like to say, hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling this or I'm thinking that, interesting. I wonder what that means. And, and then just listen, listen for what comes up. Listen. I think that, you know, when you think about when we were young girls and going through school, all the school, zero, zero times did anybody ever talk about being still and listening to your inner dialogue, you know, being just still and listen to what comes up. And, and it's, it's such a disconnect to me that, you know, so much of our lives are are directed by our subconscious which is a whole other conversation and our inner dialogue which you've just very eloquently outlined you know drives like 90 80 to 90 percent negative dialogue with ourselves is it any wonder that we live in a state of contrast 
and conflict within ourselves. Forget about even the world that we have to deal with and you don't know where people are coming from and, you know, and all of those, you know, bundled up conflicts. Um, it's, it's just amazing we can accomplish anything positive when we have this whole massive current of negativity, you know, internally and externally bombarding us every day. Every day. And, and too, growing up, I don't know about you, but I was told a lot to get over it. And lots of people have it worse. And it almost subconsciously it makes you think, I'm wrong for feeling this way. And I shouldn't feel this way. And again, that's just beating yourself up. And then you end up with this, this self-image that's pretty mutilated, for lack of a better word. You know, it took me to probably um, maybe 40 or so that I absolutely ban the word should. Mm. From my own dialogue, internally and externally, but everybody in my universe. Um, I have a very close family member who's a big shooter. Um, and I said to this person, as it relates to me, the next time you feel that word coming, getting ready to come out of your mouth, zip it because <laughs> I don't want to hear it because the implicated message is you're falling short. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not enough or you're not, whatever it is, is not enough. And that's just negative bombardment. And I'm like, I don't allow that in my space anymore. No, that, that is, it's good. It's great because too, when you start feeling that way for so long, that like undeservingness, like you start to wear it like this armor. And I remember recently I had this epiphany and I said, you know, I have felt so unworthy for so long it's uncomfortable for me to even feel like I am worthy because it's outside of my comfort zone one person I was speaking to she doesn't call them comfort zone she says they're familiar zones because oftentimes it's not comfortable it's just familiar to you and our we're wired for safety and security so it doesn't matter if it's, it's not healthy for us right and how sad is that right I mean how sad is you know, we're here for such a short period of time, you know, universally speaking. Um, and, and how sad it is to spend one day, much less, you know, decades thinking this, these messages of unworthiness or I can't or all the negative woulda, shoulda, coulda, all those negative dialogues with ourselves um, that holds us back from what I believe is our divine purpose, whatever that may be to shine a light in our world of, you know, our unique brilliance. And um, I'm just so thrilled, honestly, that the, the concept of mindfulness mindset has become mainstream and that there are folks like you um, who now proactively are out in the world, you know, evangelizing the message that you don't need to stay this way. I mean, everything is possible. You know, part of mindset that I've learned over the years and in my study is the, you know, the, the, the simple concept of pivoting from the scarcity mindset to the abundance mindset um, and that all is good and there's plenty for all of us, whatever it is, that we don't have to compete for scraps, whether that be in our relationships or our professional journey or our physical health or whatever. 
And, you know, and the fact that, and I know a lot of people were raised this way, I was probably raised this way, is the growth versus the fixed mindset, meaning um, that with the fixed mindset that we think, well, this is just the way I am. You know, I can't do more than what I can do right now because this is, I've always been bad at X or I've never been good at Y. That's the fixed mindset, the growth mindset, meaning I may not know right now, but I can certainly figure it out or I'll seek out the resources to teach me how to figure it out. Um, and, you know, and moving forward from that perspective. Yes, definitely. And just to add to that with the growth mindset, also questioning everything that you've ever believed. Like, is this really true? Is it a fact or is it a belief? Most often it's just a belief. It's a belief or it's a fear. Really, that's all it is. So let me ask you, um, Nikki, and I want to um, accentuate this, and that is I'm curious to know, actually, um, the why in your work. What is it that, about it that you find particularly gratifying and rewarding? Thank you for asking that question. Um, the why, I feel that I've gone through so much in my life and it's why I'm interested in doing what I'm doing. A long time ago, I was so angry. I was so mad at why did I get the short end of the stick? Why is it that things always happen to me and everybody else gets what they want and I don't? And I realized that was just a learned way of thinking. It was very much a fixed mindset. It wasn't until I learned how to think in another way that I was finally able to, to move forward on so many levels. It just took me so long. I realized that for a good 20 years, I was standing in the same spot. Wow. And as I said earlier, is it scary to quit your job when you have a mortgage to pay and you're single? Absolutely. But what's scarier is realizing that you haven't moved in 20 years. And how many things have I missed out on? And so I realized that with that awareness that I have choice now. And so, um, yeah, and I just lost track of the question that you asked me. So I'm not sure if, if, if I answered. That's perfect. I mean, that's the, why, what is your why? Right. So now I, I want to help shorten that gap for others because I feel, and even had I, have we learned this in school? about our thoughts and what to do with those emotions that we feel, there's no reason to get to 35 or 40 and have to look back at your life with any kind of re regret and questioning. If we learned that a lot earlier, we'd be in a better position. So I like to help people know their worth right now and learn how to be happy uh, on, the, on the inside so that they can live that satisfied and fulfilled life. Wonderful. I'm gonna have to pause this for just one moment. Um, so, um, that's right. And I, I love the fact that you, like me, want to shorten the gap, that we don't need to live decades not aligning with our purpose or, or a growth mindset. Yes. And so, um, I love that because the sooner that we can get into the flow of our lives, and you and I talk about that, read about that so much, and for, for our listeners who will stop, practice mindfulness, 
move and transition through awareness from a fixed to a growth mindset, it will absolutely transform a life, every life, any life. <clears throat> so, um, and I think I see that we are too hard on ourselves yeah. thinking that it's some kind of magic wand. My magic. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about it, that we could just tap it and it's going to happen. But I've had a coach, a health and wellness coach that I've worked with for years who likens developing the mindfulness muscle to brushing our teeth. Mm. So we brush our teeth hopefully at least once a day, if not more. And so we have to practice through some of the ways that you shared, <clears throat> you know, and it can be driving in the car or, or commuting or whatever we're doing. We can stop and just stop and check in with ourselves anytime, anywhere. Um, and think, are we showing up with the, the growth mindset that's going to help us move forward, you know, to move us out of fear or the, um, what's the word, the um, stuckness, the word's not coming to me, um, that we often live our lives by default. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it's getting off of autopilot, right? Autopilot, right. So, Nikki, this has been so incredibly um, fascinating, um, and um, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that you've joined us today. Um, and so, I want to offer: Is there anything else that you would like to offer our listeners um, about your work, or about programs that you may be facilitating, or anything, the services that you provide that I'm sure that our listeners would want to um, take advantage of? Sure, yes, and thank you for offering that to me. Uh, I think the best way to um, find me is on my website, mindfulmattersliving.com. I'm also on Facebook. I have a free Facebook group, Reprogram Your Mind for Success, so that's a great one to be in, and I'm always doing lots of um, live trainings. I put them on my YouTube channel that's on the same very topics that we've been talking about, Kimberly. Wonderful. Wonderful. So thank you so much, Nikki. Um, I, um, <clears throat> you know, I certainly great, am grateful for the connection that we've made, um, that we're like-minded. Um, I know that each of us is aligning our passion with our purpose of equipping and educating people all over the globe of how to live more um, in a, a growth mindset and in being more mindful of the decisions and the choices that we make in our lives so we can have greater peace, fulfillment, prosperity. This is not woo-woo, this is science-driven. Um, it's just that it's now becoming more mainstream. And I would say more now than ever in the history of man with what we all, all are living through in the COVID pandemic, do we need more mindfulness in our own lives? So thank you again, and thank you to our listeners, Changemaker listeners, um, and for until another episode, be the change that you want to see in your world.